focus on learning and becoming better at your craft and obviously like try and get the recognition wherever you can but also like acknowledge that there will be ups and downs and plateaus and that's totally normal what's up y'all lipm back at it thank you for continuing to support lipm we made it to the 10th episode this is just the beginning of our journey to demystify product management we have so much more planned ahead so thank you for continuing to support on today's episode we'll be speaking with the homegirl jesser a product manager at whatsapp Jesser talks us through her journey into product management from college to becoming part of the inaugural Twitter associate product manager class. We reflect on the mentality she's had throughout her product career and some of the challenges that product managers face on a day-to-day basis. This episode is definitely for you if you want to hear some raw shit and reality of being a product manager and understand the mentality of the people in the game. Hope y'all enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, Jesser? What's going on? Hey, Richie. Nothing much. How are you doing? I'm just, I'm just chilling. Good to, good to talk to you outside of work hours. Where are you calling from today? I am calling from sunny California, um, specifically Sacramento, where I'm staying with my family. Soon I'll yeah. be in New York. I want to start from like the beginning. How did you first hear about product management? How did it pique your interest? Like, take me to like the very beginning. Yeah. So the very beginning was I was in college and I had been studying business and I was, t- I was taking these accounting classes and I like literally hated it. it and <laughs> um, the path from business school, they used to say like you'd end up either in A, B or C, um, accounting, banking or consulting. And I mm-hmm. tried accounting and a bit of consulting and I didn't really like it. And so I was like, what do I do? Like, none of these are really interesting career paths to me. And uh, this was sophomore year when I was still like, when I was like, when I just got into the business school. And then I was talking to my roommate and she's like, oh, have you ever tried coding? And I was like, no, like, I don't really see myself as an engineer. And then she showed me what she could do. And then I was like, oh my gosh, engineering is actually really cool. I want to be, I want to go into computer science. And so Berkeley is obviously known for their computer science program and mm-hmm. ended up going and doing computer science. I absolutely loved it. And then I tried to be an engineer for a summer and then I did not like it at all. <laughs> Out of my two majors, I tried like the most obvious career paths and I haven't liked any of them. And I ended up talking to a few people who were, um, who were recruiting at Google and they told me about the associate product manager program. And I was like, mm. this like sounds really cool. And when I was recruiting, for um, new grad opportunities. APM programs were just starting, I would say. Like Google's had been around. Google's like the most established and it had been around for a while. Um, but I don't even think LinkedIn had just, I think LinkedIn had just started theirs or maybe started theirs the year after I started. Um, Facebook had started one and everyone was trying to get into them, but no one really knew what product management was. So I applied mm. when I was applying to job opportunities, I was stressed as you are when you're a senior in college. And I was just like, I'm going to apply everywhere and whatever I get, I'll take. Cause at this point I just like, need to talk. <laughs> and I ended up getting a consulting opportunity at Accenture that mm. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. It's actually like, you know, in emerging technology, like I'll get to work on, tech products but on a consulting side which is like totally fine um and then i ended up getting an offer at twitter and i just remember being like oh my gosh part of the inaugural apm class 
I'm going to learn how to be a PM. It's going to be so cool. And I ended up taking the Twitter offer over Accenture at the time because um, it like fit with what I it, like actually allowed me to use my engineering expertise a lot more. So that's how mm. I got into product management. I think people always assume that people who've ended up in places where they want to be or where they hope to be like know exactly what they want to do from the start and mm. that could be more further from the truth like I mm. like had no idea what I wanted to do I just happened to stumble across it and I was lucky that someone told me about it I, I think there I don't think there's like great ways to find careers that are good for you um mm. it's hard to do that yeah so that's actually a good shout out to like that there's like a serendipity aspect to it that nobody really has it all planned out. I actually feel like kids these days that reached out to me, like in college, they're like, Oh, like I want to be a PM. Like, here's my five-year plan. I'm like, Oh shit. Like I didn't have my shit figured out like you did, like when I was in college. (laughs) Um, So it's, (laughs) it's good to hear your background on that. So you tried a software engineering internship in the summer. Is that what you did to make know that you didn't like it? Yeah. I worked for this like really small startup that I don't even think exists anymore. (laughs) And I worked with an MBA student and he was building a company. It was, and it was like the quintessential Bay Area tech experience where like someone's hustling and they're building the startup and they're looking for engineers. Mm. And so like, you know, you go to the college campus and you try to recruit people who could be engineers on your team. And yeah, I, I mean, it was fun and it was like learning how to build, I had like learned how to build Android apps, but I really wanted to be like when I was with, when I was working for him, I really wanted to be there for like the customer conversations. And I really wanted to know like, why are we building this? Uh, That's how I sort of like started to understand like the difference between what an engineering role might be and what a product role might be. That said, like having been in the industry for a while now, I will say that you can get that by being an engineer. Like I know a lot of Twitter people, engineers at Twitter who are very product focused and very product minded and user centric. Mm. And they were like, my peers like you know we would jam on like you know ideas together and so I Mm. I think it was a misconception at the time for me to say oh like you know engineers just sit at a desk and code Mm. and that's okay too and I don't want to do that um but at the time that's what I that's the information I had and I was like I don't want to do this I I want to like be closer (laughs) to customers and talk to them right actually so looking back it it wasn't had you known what you know now would you still reconsider doing engineering as a career I think that I would have considered probably front-end engineering. The sad thing about Berkeley is that it's a good CS school, but it's very theor- everything they teach you is pretty theoretical, or at least when I was in school, everything was really theoretical. So I didn't have any front-end development skills. I, if I worked as an engineer, I'd be working on the back-end. And there's less customer, like there's less co- of a customer mindset when you, I think you're working on some of those type of projects. Right. What do you think it was about like working with customers that you liked specifically? Um, I think what I really liked about working with customers is actually building something for them and seeing how they use it and how they interact with it, what they like and dislike about it. Because it's you get to build a product that impacts their lives or impacts a certain part of their life. Mm. And that to me was really exciting. Um, I also think that's so that's what I thought before I joined and like became a PM. After becoming a PM, I think what I really value about the role is the people that I get to work with. I think, and I think that's something that is unique to the PM role, where you get to work with people in so many different, different organizations and different roles. Mm. And you get such a diversity of perspectives on the perspective on things, and you can really use that to become a better product manager and build a better product for your customers. Because 
as like there there are two schools of thought. Like there's one school of thought in product management which is like you should build for yourself as the customer, and the other one is like <laughs> you are not the customer. Like you need to do research. Um, and I think I I personally feel like especially working on products like Twitter, you are not the customer. Like your like Twitter has hundreds of millions of DAU, so like you are not the customer. You should be talking to people and trying to understand different perspectives when you're building such a global product. Yeah, I've actually never heard the first school of thought of having yourself as the customer before. That's interesting. Yeah, it's become more popular on Twitter lately. And maybe it's oh, like really? a, maybe it's like a niche thing, but I've seen it on Twitter lately, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, that, that's almost like counterintuitive to all like what the product gurus say. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. Okay, great. So so now like you've done a little bit of consulting, you've done a little bit of um, software engineering, you knew in like both, and you found out about product then you started applying. So like what was going through your head as you tried to learn about, learn more about this role to make sure that you would like it? Cause you have, this is, you're jumping into full time now, right? Like it's not internships anymore where you can just try it and bounce. Like how yeah. did you make sure that you know this role given that it's like super ambiguous at that time and also new at that time? Yeah. Okay. Good question. Um, so the way that I found out about product was by talking to people in the, in the engineering department and learning from people who actually went from engineering to product and sort of looking at the work that they did your question about how did I pick product management it was it was truly an elimination process like I had two offers and I was like either consulting or product management and I wish I had like some sage wisdom about like you know why I picked product but it was an elimination process for me and I realized I didn't want to do consulting um Mm. and so that's how I ended up in product and I was like really happy with the decision I made at the time because it also allowed me to be part of like a cohort of people joining at once. Mm. Uh, I think APM programs specifically are really great for that because I, especially being part of the inaugural class, we had, we like all my, all the people in my cohort are really close and we got to know mm. each other a lot better. We went through essentially the same struggles because we all were going through the same, same stages of our careers at the same, at like at the same time. Um, so it was, yeah, for me, it was like a g- good decision as well in terms of like building community and building relationships. So mm. that's how I, that's how I picked Twitter at the time. Got it. Makes sense. So then obviously that's a very competitive program, like the Twitter APM program. How did you go about preparing for these interviews at that time? If you can recall. Oh man, that was so long ago. Um, I just remember, all I remember from my prep for the interview is I stayed up till 3am making the presentation, woke up at 5am to fix the presentation and then went to the interview. So I was like running on two hours of sleep. Holy shit. There was a presentation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's part of the I don't think it's part of the interview process anymore because it was a really intense process. Um, mm. The the way that I prepared was, I remember there was an engineering component of the interview and I brushed up on all my technicals for that. And it was like with an EM and I had to like work on building out like how I would build out a database. And so I did that. Um, the presentation, I remember at the time I had presented on Venmo and sort of the like, you know, what like what are the opportunities for Venmo as a product? And I got grilled pretty hard on that <laughs> um, by the interview plan- panel. Honestly, besides those two, I cannot remember any of the other interviews. I remember I base like a lot of them were behavioral. And so mm. I had tried to put together examples of like times when I had worked on projects with a team and what like my role had been on that project and really identify um, 
what could have gone better, what I like, how I contributed, and essentially like create a bank of like experiences to pull from. Um, I think I relied on that a lot for my for my interviews. Right, as like a early twenty or something year old that you know just is still in their senior year like how would you know how to improve Vemo, like one of the most used financial apps like how did you how do you go about thinking about that in an interview situation yeah i think as um as someone who's preparing a case like that there's a few different places to start i usually like to start with the mission like everything that um mm. you do should like tie into the company's mission and long-term vision so i usually like to start with the mission and then see where um based on like the different customer segments like where there might be opportunities for us to improve so let's take Venmo right now let's craft like a random vision statement like their vision is or like their mission is to enable frictionless payment across the across the globe i would look into into different customer segments that Venmo is serving and how they might they might like ladder up into this mission um mm-hmm. i'd also look at metrics that we can use in order to measure improvement. So it's essentially, I would say, look at the mission, like zoom out and then start zooming in, um, like mm. customer segments, metrics, and then improvements in that area. And then again, like take a bit of a zoom out approach and look at like how whatever you propose like fits into the broader strategy. Cause I think one of the things that, um, that is like when people like think of feature ideas is like, how does this fit into like the broader strategy of what we're trying to do? Like how does this perhaps set up a competitive advantage for us or how does this um help us unlock other opportunities or things that we want to do i think that's how i would set it up it sounds like i've interviewed a lot of homies on this podcast that have either done consulting or like thought about doing consulting and that venmo case is it sounds also like a consulting prompt as well Mm -hmm. except obviously you had like a, a technical piece which they don't test you in consulting So there's almost like a parallel, like not a parallel, a lot of like overlap between people who want to go into consulting and people who want to go into product. Yeah. So what was it about consulting that like maybe turned you off or something and you didn't want, why didn't you want to do it? Yeah. The thing that turned me off about consulting is you're basically doing a lot of work for this, for a client and then you get rolled off the project. Like you don't actually get to see like, okay, they implemented it. Like, how are they going to change it? What are they going to, what improvements are they going to make based off of this? Like, you're essentially road mapping to some extent, and maybe this has changed. I haven't been in consulting roles for a while, mm. but you're essentially road mapping for like a specific amount of time that you're hired for, but then you don't really get to see like everything through. Then you kind of like drop out and work on another problem, which I think is, I think is interesting still. Like sometimes I'm like, would I have liked consulting if I could like bounce around between, bounce around like different problems spaces. I think that could be interesting on its own. But to me, what is what I really enjoyed was like continuously working on the same problem and like thinking about ways to build on work that I've done in the past. Mm, cool. Cool. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I actually used to do consulting when I first graduated. Um, and that was like a huge part of like why I wanted to leave too. just mm. constantly getting sourced out to do like different things Yeah, that got a little bit jarring, like kind of wanted to go deeper in one area and also see like the end, end result as well. Cool. So what was like your vision of yourself back when you were like, when you got the offer of Twitter, you're like obviously super excited, but did you have like an idea of like, oh shit, like here's my Twitter APM offer. That's dope. Like here's where I want to go with my life. Like here's my vision for myself. I mean, yeah, when I was that age, I definitely had a vision for myself and uh, and it's so different from what I care about now. Like at that age, mm. I was like, oh, like, you know, I want to make senior PM by this year and I want to like, you know, <laughs> ship these many products and it was all very like 
it was all really focused on I, to some extent I would say like vanity metrics not that like those yeah. aren't those things aren't important and especially yeah. like getting promoted is so important but mm-hmm. I think if I were to like if I were to transport myself to college senior year college Jesser and be and like can give myself some advice it would be yeah like you know careers are long focus on learning and becoming better at your craft and obviously like um try and get the recognition wherever you can but also like acknowledge that there will be ups and downs and plateaus and that's totally normal like there would be plateaus sometimes when I wasn't like you know being super productive or like constantly shipping and my peers were and I was just mm. like I would, I would always be like what am I doing like I should be doing more um but mm. I think it's totally normal to have plateaus and the other thing I would tell myself is don't constantly compare yourself to your peers because um I don't know if you agree with this but I feel like product management can sometimes be a competitive um career choice as well mm. I feel like sometimes there's like this false competition between pms like who can <laughs> or like who who's like you know putting together more strategy docs or like you know driving h- highest like customer impact and yep. I that i think it's unhealthy and i feel like it just it doesn't lead to good collaboration i don't know that was the that was the culture for a little while at twitter and it wasn't healthy but then the change mm. was good Facts. I actually want to dive into that a little bit deeper because I resonate with a lot of that. Like I was super competitive in university and I feel like, I feel like the types of personalities that want to go into product or consulting are like the type A, like super competitive, like super driven types. And I feel like over the years I've like mellowed out. And when you have an environment where like all the go-getters from the top schools enter like an APM program at Twitter, I can see how it could be like super toxic and competitive. And like, that's like kind of all you think about. Um, but good to see that we're like both at a point in our career where like we're reflecting on how that was maybe negative (laughs) yeah yeah and and just to be transparent I don't think the APM program was toxic in any way I like loved the APM program Mm. but I think and this is not just even unique to Twitter I feel like across the industries it felt like I don't know I I maybe I, I always thought it was internalized but I was like oh my gosh like they're doing so much why am I not doing that much uh and I I do think that it it was never like like, you know, blatant competition, like I shipped more than you did, or I had a like more mm-hmm. successful experiment than you did. But I think it was, it was probably very internalized for a lot of people. Like I need to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Like you almost like guilt trip yourself. It's like, oh, this person's like doing all this. Like I'm not like doing as much like you're comparing yourself and you're like, I need to catch up and you constantly feel like you need to catch up in like different areas. Yeah. And that could, that in itself could be pretty toxic. Yeah. So it's good to let the youngins know about about that even though I don't even know if my audience is like the youngins right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess whoever your audience is just know it's okay to chill out and like life is sometimes more than just work like there's more yeah like find happiness and feel fulfilled yeah that's facts actually I do want to talk about that in a bit um do you feel like your personality at the time was like more extroverted and like, cause you mentioned earlier that like being a PM, you're like cross collaborating between a lot, a lot of different departments and need to like work with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. Whereas engineers, like, yes, you can still be creative. Yes. You can work with people, but a lot of the times you're just, you know, working on your code most of the time. So what was like, I guess your personality back then and how you saw that fitting into the role and what are some differences now? Yeah. Um, so I didn't realize this at the time, but I was like so energetic at work. Like I was like, constantly, <laughs> like talking to people in like meetings, like, you know, getting to know everyone in the org. And 
And then I noticed this pattern where every time I would come home, I would be exhausted. Like I couldn't talk to my roommates. Like I would be really cranky. Mm. And then I realized like being a PM can actually be, it's maybe for extroverts. I don't know if I'm an extrovert anymore, but maybe Mm. for extroverts, it can actually be a bit draining because you are like really on all the time and you need to like show energy because you're also like trying to lead a team and like Mm -hmm. provide them with a vision and stuff. Um, And I, I found it to be, I, I feel like I went too hard, too fast in some sense. Like I was like mm. all in and I was like really like high energy, but then it like burned me out very quickly. Um, and then mm. I found, eventually found a balance of like, you know, being like being outgoing and energetic at work to some extent, but then also reserving some of that energy for like my home and my personal life. Cause otherwise it would just like drain me. Like I'd get home at like, 6 37 and i'd eat dinner and then i would be like i just want to watch tv like i don't want to talk to anyone i've been talking to some people all day. yeah yeah um, yeah Facts. i feel like yeah and I, I think there are like i think there are really good pms that have been able to like manage their time more effectively and it's one thing that i think is still a weakness for me which is like good time mm. management and i think if i can master that i would be a much better pm but like time management is really hard because um like sometimes especially during covid meetings are the easiest way to get things done but then they also take a lot of energy and they also take a lot of time yeah i i totally feel like even i totally feel that like even today at work or this past week like i feel like i'm just like super drained emotionally and i don't even think i've been working crazy hours i think it's just having to like resolve conflict make decisions all the time like decision fatigue yeah um be in meetings and talk to people like convince people one way like drive alignment like and also on top of that, do your strategic thinking, crunch numbers. So I, I think like the shifting context all the time in your brain causes a lot of exhaustion. The emotional aspect of trying to support your team and be a cheerleader for your team, the aspect of like decision making mm-hmm. on like different areas, it could cause fatigue. I just think I feel like being a PM hour by hour is like more draining than a, a lot of other careers. Not that I've like done a lot of other careers, just like looking at like the stuff that we do. I feel like emotionally it takes a toll. And like, you really need to figure out ways to like unwind and recharge yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, So yeah, that's, that's what I would say about the role. I do think that, Mm. I do think that there's like, there are good managers who can sometimes identify this and be like, you need to like, you know, slow down or take a break. (laughs) Um, And I think I was lucky to have really good managers at Twitter who were able to support me that way. And like, you know, identify when I was stretched too thin or like drowned, like, you know, basically doing like burning the candle at burning what's the what's the phrase burning the candle at both ends i think that's the phrase oh i've never heard of that but that yeah that's an interesting term then you just burn out i guess that's like the yeah. analogy <laughs> <laughs> true um i would love to hear about your experiences at twitter at the apm program like tell me about how it works um what kind of stuff you worked on all of that yeah so how the apm program works is that it's a two-year program and you get in and you're you spend a year on one team each. So I spent my year on a team that I don't think exists. Oh no, no, no sorry. What am I saying? The team exists. Um, the the larger organization I was part of doesn't exist anymore. Um, the team I was on was called Publisher Platform, essentially helping uh, customers of Twitter um, embed Twitter content outside of Twitter. So like take Twitter everywhere else but on Twitter. So it was like embeds. Mm. Um, we didn't really work on API stuff, but embeds, um, and then 
actually it was primarily embedding Twitter everywhere else. Um, and that was my first, that was my first team, a really solid team. I got really close to them. And then I switched teams to go on to a different team called the clients team, which essentially works on like the foundation aspects of every single app. So iOS, Android and web. And on that team, I worked on like Twitter light performance, um, the redesign of the new desktop app. And then also like a few feature things here and there like bookmarks. And yeah, I spent three and a half years at Twitter. So I also graduated from the program. And once you graduate, you can like stay on your team or you can like find another team if you want. Most people stay on their team though. Um, and then I, yeah, I continued to stay on that. The team that I was on it was a really great team because they had like a lot of really experienced people at the company on those teams. Like most of the, like there were a lot of staff engineers on that team, staff designers. So I got to learn from some really, really cool people. And I think that's something I want to continue optimizing for is any place that I go to make sure that I can learn from the people as well, because I think for me specifically, that is a really great way for me to learn. Like I learned by observing and like getting feedback from people who've been in the, in the, in the workforce for a little while, especially something that's done before. Um, they can come at it with like, here's what I would take into account if I were to do this again. Mm, yeah. Facts. Which, by the way, I think the embed team is pretty sick. Like, I, I noticed Twitter, like, I noticed more tweets being embedded in different places in, in those years. So, I don't know if it's as a result of your PM leadership, but uh, good good job to you <laughs> on, the, on the embed. No, it's not, it's, not my, it's not my leadership. It's like the, the team is, <laughs> has been doing great. They're actually led by my old manager. So, he's doing a great job. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Shout out to your old manager. Do you think college prepared you well for product management from a skill level? Uh, no, I think college <laughs> for the interviews, um, not for the actual role. I think the actual role is, is such a unique combination of different things. Like it's sometimes it's really focused on data analysis. Sometimes it's really focused on people and people like influence skills. Like I won't say management because you're not actually managing anyone as a PM, but like how to influence people, how to navigate complex organizational structures and then I also think there's like part of it which is communication and I would say that engineering like the engineering degree did mm. not uh, computer science did not help me with any of that business on the other hand came in really handy like I took um like classes like improv leadership like how to like you know lead on the mm. go and like you know be vulnerable as a leader and I thought I like took those classes because I thought they were like oh so easy and like you know, <laughs> uh, easy a but they're actually so useful <laughs> Um, I think some of those soft skills are like a lot, like, I wish that they would focus on those, um, when you were in college, but then I also think it's like, it's hard to learn those skills without having the context of like, you know, when you might apply those. Yeah, that's right. Like I, oh, I had this, I had an entire class just about negotiation and yeah, literally an entire semester focused on negotiation and I remember being like, oh my God, this is so cool. But I haven't really used any of that because it was really focused on like, you know, contract negotiations and things like that. Um, but mm. now I wish I had like all the textbook materials because I wish I because I would totally be able to use that now. Um, <laughs> and even like they even taught us salary negotiation, which I think is so cool. And I feel like those are just like random electives that you could take. Um, mm. But like they should have been more required. Yeah, I think the in-context piece of learning is super important. Like, don't you wish that 
you could almost like take those courses now, now that you're actually facing some of these problems in real life. Yeah. You know what? I actually think that, um, I think that I I wish I could go back to school if it wasn't so expensive because I would really like to take some of the classes that I took when I was in school again. Like I don't remember a lot of it and I don't have the notes from a lot of them, but if I could take them again, I feel like I would, I would be able to learn a lot better. Looking back at your career, like would you recommend like as someone that's in college right now, considering transitioning or going into product management, would you recommend going down the APM route or would you recommend like maybe alternatives like going into industry first and then transitioning or going to PM at a smaller company to take bigger ownership? Like, what do you think are the trade-offs of going into an APM program versus other alternatives? Yeah, that's a good question. I can tell you what the benefits and drawbacks are of going into an APM program. Um, yeah. I haven't done the, the other route. Um, so I'd be actually interested in hearing your thoughts based on what I share. <laughs> um But yeah, I think the benefits of going into an APM program is that you are placed in a program that's more structured, that's like really focused on your development and like career development. And you're sort of given a bit of a cushion in terms of you're you're like learning on the job and people recognize that. So it's a lot more um, structured and tailored for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the benefits. The other one, I think of the, the other huge benefit of the APM program, like I said before, is the community that comes along with it. I think that's really great and important. Um, and then I think the third thing is you, because it's rotational, you get exposure to so many different Mm -hmm. orgs. Like we used to say at Twitter that the APMs were like the best way to find out what was going on in the company because each of us were like on different teams and we'd hear something and we'd share it with the other and like <laughs> read like wildfire it was like oh my god did you hear like xyz happen and then in like the revenue org and then we'd know about it on the consumer side and i'd be like one of the first <laughs> to know about it um so i think that yeah you get to like work across like so many different parts of the org which like helps you build that expertise and just like knowledge about how like what the rest of the company is working on um, so for example, I had a friend who moved from the revenue org to the consumer org. And because he worked in revenue, he like understood the impact of changes that he would make on the consumer side and how that would impact revenue, how to talk, who to talk to about some of those changes, um, mm. and like how to, how to sort of have conversations about drops in revenue if there were any, mm. um, so that those are the benefits I would say. The drawbacks I would say perhaps are that like, because the program is so structured, in my opinion, like all you do is product management. Like you don't really get exposed to other like mm. disciplines. The other drawback of being in an APM program, I think, is um, you kind of are on this path for two years. Like there's very little room for experimentation. Like if you wanted to like experiment mm. with like a different type of role, it's like, I mean, you can, you can always leave and like people have done that in the past, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're kind of locked into this role for two years. Mm. I guess on my side, I did consulting for like a short period, like not that long. And I went to become an APM at this e-commerce company that was pretty established at the time, but I was like one of the first three APMs. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with the drawbacks. I think the drawbacks is like not having that community. My drawbacks are your, are your benefits, like not having a community of homies that you can just like relate to and, and like talk to. And I think not having like a structured way to learn how to properly do product management. I feel like I, I learned a lot of like bad habits um, through, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it bad habits, just like not like standard things that PMs do, which could be a good or a bad thing. Um, like before I was like 
working with engineers on like architecture and like drawing out like how microservices will interact like going like very very into details about like a lot of different things because yeah. that was part of the expectation because there was no engineering manager to fill that role so yeah. like the product manager for example had to do that so did a lot of you know worked on <clears throat> like a lot of different things in the business which i guess was a drawback for you like i got a lot of exposure to a lot of different things but at the same time like i didn't really know like you know how to do proper strategic thinking how to build a proper product roadmap because i think a lot of that was kind of hacked even though we had a product org it just wasn't like a super proper and rigid program and i feel like um one thing that i always kind of like screwed me up a little bit was i didn't go to business school and i didn't learn the things that you learn about negotiation or like leadership and stuff i was just like a kid with an engineering degree that was like like super young and like had a team of devs and i, I didn't know what i was doing and like I had this crazy imposter syndrome. <clears throat> I was like, how am I here like working on the backlog for these engineers to work on when I'm just like this dude that just graduated like less than a year ago. So I I feel like having a community of APMs, like you're almost like expected to be more young and can like make some of those mistakes. Whereas like I was trying to fake it all the time. Arguably a good thing, arguably a bad thing. I don't really know. So I think maybe if I stayed in industry for longer and just gained more of like the business skill set of like talking to people, leadership, stakeholder manage, management, like all those things, like conflict resolution even, and how to sound like you're not junior, <laughs> I think <laughs> would be great. Because actually that's one of the pieces of feedback I got in my review. It's like, you know, like you act like a, you act like you're junior, like you need to be perceived as a leader, but you act like a junior because I was doing stupid shit and like I was just a kid. So any, anyways... Okay. So, um, I want to wrap up with where are you now in your career? Cause you've been a product manager for a few years now. Like what's, first of all, like, are you happy with your job? Actually, yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 no answer. Yeah. Like, I guess like in generally, are you happy with the role of product management? Um, I think there are some good days and there are some bad days. Generally, I'm say I would say I'm leaning yes. I'm mostly happy. I would say that I sometimes I wish I could be in a discipline that had like more peers. First of all, PMs are not like the first or second hires. They're like usually once the company is like fifty people or something, um, mm. and there tends to be like a really like PM PMs tend to be like the smallest number of people I think that are hired. Like a lot of companies, like. Oh my god! Like Stripe right now, they have a thousand plus developers and only eighty PMs. Um, wow, it's crazy. That's and so, nice. I think to me, it's sometimes it's like a lonely, lonely role. Like I feel like a lot of people mm. on you, and a lot of people like don't like PMs because uh, they feel yeah. like <laughs> they like yeah, hide. Um, they like make a lot of decisions that people might not always agree with, and. Um, mm. Yeah, in that sense, it feels like a lonely, lonely role. The things that I do like about it are like when you get a good rhythm and like when you have a people group of people like your team that you work really well with, you can get so much done and you can actually like deliver like real value to your customers. And mm. that's really what keeps me going. That's facts. Yeah, I agree with like the loneliness and like you kind of have to be okay with people like maybe not liking you even on a personal level with like decisions you make because... Sometimes you have to do that to get shit done. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be good in an ideal world to like bring everyone along and be collaborative and stuff. But there's so many different personalities at work, so many different opinions. It's it's like almost impossible for like one person to not to agree with you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I I totally feel that. 
Well, thank you, Jesser, for sharing uh, your life story into product management and going into some of like the things that people need to hear about, like some of the things that uh, about product management, like loneliness, um, things like that, like that isn't normally surfaced. I think that's super important for people to, to know about. Um, really appreciate the chat and hope to have you soon on this podcast in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me, Richie. Gang, gang, peace out. Hey, y'all made it through the episode. Appreciate y'all for tuning into this episode of Lit PM. If you have any tech or product management topics that you'd like us to chat about, please feel free to hit us up on IG at the Lit PM. Until next time, y'all.